not a dwarf. If you want to <laughs> wax it, you want to sugar it for because you're a little bit more of a you know delicate dwarf, then that's yeah. fine. They but, exfoliate their skin a lot, maybe with the totally. The you know why they exfoliate their skin? Because their face is in the sand after they get punted. <laughs> so, so, so the next episode is going to be called uh, you know, Beard or Riot, right? <laughs> now I'm never going to get to. Now I'm never going to get the damn character named Punthus because I brought it up here and people are going to know. Like, we'll see, see that Simorg never gets this one. It was on that next morning that the Pathfinder and his companions took a look through the lens. With greater clarity, that dark cloud remained. It persisted as much as the clearing they had visited not long after their arrival on Vera. While much was uncertain of what lay behind the Veil of Shadow, the Pathfinders knew this would be their next destination. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left descender. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, once again, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Hello, everybody. And Cozy slash murder bunny Faisal greetings. <laughs> greetings and salutations oh now before we dig in as always friends got to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com the community curated website for all things ashes of creation also shout out to all the imperial flames which are the supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon thank you so much for keeping this community's Flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. Now, we do have a big show, a couple last bits here. We're working on getting the iTunes reviews up to 100. We got a ways to go still. If you want to be a homie, do us a solid. Give us a five-star. Leave us a comment over there on iTunes. Where can I get that, Sim? Go over to at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Look for the pinned post at the top. Has all of the podcast places. You can use that to navigate over to iTunes and any of the other podcast locations. Um, also, if you just want to do us a... You know, do us a solid and let us know how we're doing. You can call in to do that via voice over at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one, or just you know nonchalantly shoot something to our Pathfinder Grunt at Ashes Pathfinders at Gmail dot com. I'm sure he'll get it to us when he's good and ready. I hear they run slow on Vera to Earth. I don't even know if it's possible, but in our realm, it is. Ooh, friends. Yo, we got a big list of things. I'm going to go on ahead and I'm going to link this for people that are here in our chat. I've been doing y'all a solid and doing as much of a comprehensive outline of these live streams. We started it in December. We got it knocked out for January as well. Got all the bullet points you can check out so you can follow along if you're here with us live on the show. And if you're not and you're catching it on YouTube, I will do us all to make sure I post that in the description there. If you're listening to this podcast, however, you're just going to have to navigate to here on Twitch or over on YouTube or somewhere to get that because or asheshq.com because, you know, put that bookmark in and you can visit it anytime. Um, we got a lot on the list, though. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. When we were going through and when I was going through and watching the podcast, 
not the podcast, the developer live stream and uh, taking some notes, hanging out with you all and chatting. At first, it didn't feel like it was a lot, but as we're getting rolling here, um, it, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of video, video assets, visual assets I'm going to be showing off today on the stream. Um, I did a Ashes talk around the, uh, the, you know, the developer live stream in one specific note. So one of them, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about it, showing it off here in a minute, is the Vec race reveal. Now, we we knew some things about the Nikwa before and the other races like the Dunir and the Kalar, um, you know, the the Renkai. We've seen some like ideas about these races, right? All the races we've got a pretty good idea about, minus the Tolnar now. The Vec, we got the first visual representation. And technically, we kind of got something for one of the other two, three races as well or more, which we'll show off here. But if you want to contribute, uh, I know that Stephen was talking about wanting to get a, a good idea of what the community uh, thought about the VEC as they were revealed. If you want to do us a solid and share some of your thoughts on that, we'll probably piggyback off of those conversations. And of course, the developers do check out the content in the community. So one way or the other, definitely contribute. Let us know what you think. Um, I'm just going to start throwing some of the different assets and things of that nature up from the developer live stream as we're rolling through, because quite frankly, there's a lot of them. I got the boats and some of the props and things of that nature sort of rolling now on screen in no particular order. I'm just going to let y'all, I will go through and hit on all the things as we navigate this. To start off, community reminders, right? They said that there are the cosmetics swapping over on February 9th, typical places and times, right? 11 a.m. Pacific. You got the upcoming dev discussion on RNG, which I don't know about you guys, but that one's one I'm really looking forward to digging into here. Yep. And oh, that's going to be because there are so many layers to RNG. I mean, we already know that RNG is going to tie into uh, crafting in some, you know, in some part. Right. Um, We know that's going to tie into some of the other elements as well. I don't know what's going on there in chat. I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure. I saw Half Tilt laughing a lot for some reason. So um, just the look on Daedalus's face looked like he just rolled his eyes when you mentioned RNG and crafting <laughs> together. And I remember the in-depth conversations we've had in the past yeah. and how against that is. <laughs> he, he's yeah. like, I don't know if y'all are curious about how Daedalus might feel, but I'm pretty sure the nonverbal and the reflection from Half Tilt pretty much summed up what to expect. Spoiler alert. There's one check on the box of things to expect on that particular yeah. show. You don't need a Fibonacci <laughs> sequence to work that shit out is all I'm going to say. All right. Um, man, this was a packed live stream. Okay. I'll hit on the studio updates. We'll touch base on any of the things I mentioned. And then we'll just bounce around on the HQ bullets because there's a lot there. The Q and a was pretty, pretty lengthy as well. There was like, I think I counted 11 questions total. Um, a couple of them were like, man, we kind of know about this. Most of us that are, you know, pretty well educated on ashes things. Uh, but there was a lot there and the ones that we're going to probably nerd out about and talk a lot is this like going to be the races, I, at least for me, because I got some community feedback on that. Anyway, let me hit the studio stuff. So Steven hit a few points. He talked about in January, they've already gotten six more additional new employees. Now, if you keep in mind, in December, we talked about that they were planning on ramping up and getting somewhere in the area of like 35 to 40, somewhere in there, roughly in the area of 30 to 40, 35 to 40, I think, new employees for this year of 2022. Uh, aiming to get it around 170. 
so they got six in January. That's pretty, that's the hell of a start to the year already. They talked about, uh, Stephen was mentioning that, you know, he's got, uh, they've got very aggressive um, goals in regard to uh, growth for the, uh, for the studio moving forward. Um, they did hit on <coughs> that the, and this was a big takeaway too. The team, the whole team is already net like transitioned and migrated to UE5. They're all working on UE5. That's freaking awesome. Um, they talked about, this was, uh, I know I'm going to hit on this one last actually, because <laughs> Daedalus is going to probably say some funny, maybe not, but they are <laughs> planning a studio tour. Margaret, uh, did reiterate once again, that look right now, just trying to get the studio set up. So it's presentable furniture is where they need it to be, et cetera. And that studio tour will be coming. Uh, but this one was funny because <laughs> the team age changes the project management structure, move from a more story-based system. And then Margaret stated, this uses a Fibonacci sequence and breaks down tasks more flexibly for predictive measures internally. I don't know if anybody I, understands the Fibonacci sequence. Maybe Daedalus does, maybe not, but I, I do not. I, ha I yeah. literally had to Google it. <laughs> but what was what was funny was Stephen was getting all like hyper technical, like he does, right? Yeah. People like eat that up, and Margaret's like, "Oh no, let's keep it simple." And then she talked about a Fibonacci sequence, and I, I'm sorry, I'm. I, I love I love Maggie to death. Uh, yes, but that was literally just an LOL moment for me because I'm like, yeah. I mean, you're talking to like you know some folks that are maybe younger in terms of the gamer generation sure. that might not understand like that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. man, I, I I wasn't I was oh. not uh, I was not a uh, there wasn't a dry eye in my house. I'll tell you that because I was laughing until I was crying because <laughs> it just was so ironic. But, wait up, but I love her. I know, I know she's just trying to keep it real, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny because I remember whenever I was uh, – I had to I had to watch this a little late uh, on on Friday because uh, I had some things going on that kind of delayed me from going right after the show ends as usual. Um, but in that time, I got together uh, some of the things that I wanted. I'm just going to go ahead and throw up the, uh, the animals now that they shared as well and let those kind of – uh, rotate through on the visuals there. I always say you don't want to miss it live because you miss out on the goodies. And Sim does a solid most times like this time I clip up the visuals. I throw it up here. I let you see it. There's no audio. We just, we're just looking at it and enjoying it. Uh, but it was funny because I was doing the live stream and watching this. And as I was watching it, I was like, I don't think people probably know what that means. So I basically, basically just, I use an example of like the trunk of a tree and branches. Cause I felt like that would make it easier. Um, but if people are in like stock trading and stuff, or, you know, they do any kind of technical analysis of this nature with uh, organizational structures and productivity. That'll make sense. If not, Google it. I'm not going to explain it and do uh, probably what some of the people might have been doing when they heard it. They were trying to make sense of it. Just Google it. You'll you'll understand. It makes a lot of sense. But the importance is, is there the, the long and short is this streamlines product streamlines productivity and it makes it much more intuitive and much more organic workflow. And it's very, very good for high efficiency and ease. And this is important. So that's what you need to know. Uh, so this is a big takeaway, even though a lot of people probably don't understand what, what that actually means, but that's the takeaway from it all. Um, and it's exciting because, you know, between last uh, month and now, that's there's this reinforcement on we're working to make things, you know, you know, much easier, much more fluid. And, and th that the term fluidity 
and making things easy and more like, you know, uh, feel more organic in terms of like how they're engaging or having to interact with things like uh, workflow or, you know, the different uh, cells in regard to Unreal Engine or just how they're managing everything, uh, organizing things. The long and short is we're hearing more and more focus on, you know, uh, less is more. You know, having to put less work in and getting a, a bigger return on the work that you're putting in. Um, and if we re you know, if we restate what we talked about last month in, in December, the big takeaway is, yeah, work smarter, not harder. Exactly. In chat. Perfect example of that work smarter, not harder. Make it easier. Make it and development like Stephen and Margaret talked about last month development like when you think of like DLCs game patches game fixes uh, expansions when you think of uh, whether it's content or resolving problems with whatever systems etc go or like having issues you're just hearing more you know quicker fixes you know better productivity and better deployment that's just all around. Nothing but good for an MMORPG, friends. So really awesome. I guess, you know, either in reflection on those things or just maybe your big takeaways, because the gentlemen have had uh, the notes there. All of you got the notes, too, if you've gone to the HQ. Um, like I said, doing a solid to make sure these are up there within 24 hours of the development live stream. I think I, I actually think I got these up yesterday on Saturday, right at about 24 hours from when I had to actually started taking the notes um during my uh you know sort of like watch uh the the post show i do on fridays um so it's pretty cool because we do a post show there we do the analysis uh, the the deeper analysis and discussion here and then of course we kind of break that up in pieces and i've got some pieces but what were the biggest takeaways for you guys like eat in no particular order jump in what were the things that really just you know got you going man I mean, besides the obvious and all the character stuff, because I know we're going to get into that, um, I really thought it was cool that they showcased mm -hmm. the road system tech that they were doing. And I think we had heard this in the past, but different types of roads will have a different impact in terms of caravans and speed mm -hmm. of mount. So that I think was a big one. And I think for me, what was really exciting is the character creator we're going to start seeing in February live stream. Uh, granted, it's going to be UI, like placeholder UI, but still just being able to see that. I mean, that was like uh, one of those things that, you know, I think in, in the excitement of seeing all the new stuff, one of those mm -hmm. things of like, I really like, it really stood out to me out of all of it. Those were probably my two biggest takeaways mm -hmm. outside of the, of course, the character model stuff they did. Work, work, work. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I gotta state obvious the the orcs. Mm. We've got to see them for the very first time. All right, both of them, which we're gonna show off here shortly. Both of them. Yeah. But you have to or faithful. You still got more big takeaways. No. I. I, I think one of the coolest things that really stood out to me, and, and I was fairly distracted while I was watching this, the VOD on YouTube afterwards playing Mousetrap with the kids, was mm. the armor set that they showed on the Denier Dwarfs. Ooh. I like I glanced up at that and, and I just like literally had to wipe some drool off my chin because that just looked so damn juicy. And like, I love, you know, 
80% of the cosmetics that have been released. And there's a lot I wish I could go back and buy. Mm-hmm. At first, before they even mentioned that it was the in-game achievable armor. I'm like, God damn, is that the new one that's coming out? Because I need to buy that. <laughs> that was good. And, and now I'm like, it's yeah. tier five. So, you know, I'm going to have to grind my ass to try to get there. <laughs> but it looks good. Like, and, and I the the thing was, is like, I would say it's on par with a lot of the cosmetic armor that we've seen. Uh, given your personal preferences, you may think it's better or worse than some. True. Fair. What was what I noticed a big difference is that a lot of the cosmetic armor seems a little bit more flamboyant. It's a little bit more embellished. You yeah. see a little bit more of that more intricate detail in a lot of the the smaller pieces. Whereas that armor looked like it was actually ready for battle. Like it looked good and clean mm. and crisp, but it looked like something that was like this is something I could actually see wearing into battle and being semi effective. And, and that was. That to me was a big standout is like it looked visually appealing, but believable and effective in a combat fantasy combat realm as well, without being something a little bit over the top, like what we often see in the cosmetics. That was a big one. Can you can we talk about those damn little fox kits though? Right, I, I paused right. I paused mm-hmm. right there. Do you see that? Oh, it's so damn those things. I mean, in terms of like cosmetics, I gotta tell you. I don't buy a lot like I'm I'm especially these days like more hesitant like I'm like if I'm not going to use it if I can't see myself using that thematically for like you know it's winter and I want to run out winter stuff or if I got a character who would totally wear it for something you know for some reason the fox of the pyre and the fox kit those two are probably top three for sure of, of pets and like and the uh and mounts man and i loved the damn like seeing the little little guy it's gonna be the only other thing i'll probably have flying around me aside from that like the number ones in my phoenix pet obviously phoenix people are like wait what what phoenix pet we don't remember seeing that in the store guess you had to back it man you know early on it's one of them perks boy phoenix has to have a phoenix right word you can't be phoenix and like run around and not have a fucking phoenix like the only thing i need is a phoenix mount and like the world of vera is complete because i got phoenix aura phoenix pet i need a phoenix mount and wear gucci you know what i mean <laughs> so i'll unpause there we're gonna totally be looking at the do near her shortly as well but the the fox kit the hippo we saw the hippo i i'm not a fan of uh, you know what i mean i'm not a fan of hippos it's not exactly my my animal but you can't disregard just how the freaking character design man like uh, yeah damn. and this is in game achievable too yeah yep. so it might be a hippo but you gotta admit whoever's gonna write that he's gonna be balling i'm not gonna lie <laughs> exactly right I mean, you need a marching yeah. band right behind like, you look what it's, <laughs> yeah and Daedalus, I don't think when people think Balin, they think marching band, homie. Well, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, a royal, like a royal trumpets and stuff. That's funny. Yeah, I, I totally do. I have to give you some shit sometimes, too, you know, after all the <laughs> bubble hearth like nonsense. Um, anyway, I'm going to uncheck the animals here. Let's hit on this before we start looking at the because we're going to just sort of jump into each one of these races and just spend a little bit of time talking about them because real talk here, we really haven't gotten the level of like 
you know, race design that we're about to be able to get into today. In my opinion, we've gotten, you know, we've gotten concept art pieces. We've gotten a render there. We've got a render here. Uh, The do near in in themselves where I think the longest video that I clipped out of the actual, like when when we talk about like one specific thing, like whether it's a creature or race or tech or whatever, it was like the one specific thing that I, or the one specific clip that was like the longest. And, you know, but it's also the one they've been probably showcasing and developing around longer here recently um uh before that was like the imperian and like i think some kalar but here we got the tech part of the live stream right this was like i'm just calling it road tech and it's very interesting because when you're looking at these circles on screen this is giving you an idea of look at that and see overlapping zones of influence Right. Think of overlapping zones of influence for nodes and then think of uh, levels. Now, there is a specific point around this I want to talk about because uh, I don't know that everybody we caught this on the live stream. And I had a thought. Right. Because this is this is when I was like, when we're doing the live stream. This is one I'm probably going to go on about for a second or two. So they he talked about you know, the different levels of roads. He, sp- he spoke on that you'll have go from dirt roads up to like a brick road to like an ornate. So think, uh, you know, like dirt roads being like early node stages up to metropolis level being the ornate. Okay. Mm-hmm. He made a point to discuss, and I think it was actually hit on in the Q and a, or it was, it might've been hit on the Q and a as well as, but anyway, I'll look and see. But the, I already got this on tap in my head. The, the long and short is if you're you're on your mount or caravan on a road, the road can increase your travel speed. So so like travel points between nodes, staying on roads are actually going to be beneficial. Now, this I thought was a very uh, at first glance, that sounds great. Right. People are like, OK, cool. That's awesome. Whatever. Take a moment. Remember our discussion. You can go over, as always, if we if we're talking right here about uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to type in caravan. So we have commands for every single page on the HQ. If you go to Ash's HQ, you check out caravans. Take a look at modular design. Remember our discussion on modular design in the past? We had modular design discussion about how different components to the caravan can, you know, it's like stat blocks, right? You can have more defensive caravans. Potentially, maybe you'll have faster caravans. You can have, uh, you know, a lot of different things that factor into looking at uh, what, what, you know, how caravans can be built. You know, and it's, if you look at the HQ right now and you take a specific look on there, you see some of those include, I'm going to give you the specific ones right now. Uh, okay. Stats, defensive points. Um, this goes to caravan inventory, inventory speed, number of NPCs that are hired. So if there's theory crafting that goes behind building caravans, for example, like maybe I'm going to fortify my caravan, but it's going to be slower because I chose to uh, focus maybe a little bit more on how I'm building a caravan to ensure that it's not easy to be destroyed. All right. Okay. Well, then maybe it's a little slower. Well, then that scenario, a road's probably going to help to balance some things out because, you know, it's going to help to not be as slow. Um and, you know, could encourage people to be on the road. So, like, when you think of strategy in delivering goods via a caravan, defending a caravan, or attacking a caravan, this actually adds a lot of layers. And if we think back to 
the fact that the you know there's gonna be like a seasonal component to things like even caravans and there are goods like that you could essentially go to like a vendor and get you know some goodies seasonally based on you know your ranking in that and you know how well you performed in these caravan assaults or defenses this is actually pretty big when you think of it from a theory crafter perspective because you know depending on the road you choose to travel depending on the level of the road in the node and a lot of other circumstances that could determine how you choose to build your caravan it could be different from one road traveled and terrain traveled through versus another not including the people or the the citizens of nodes or the you know pseudo factions that form i don't know if you guys had thoughts about that but that one was a pretty big takeaway for me yeah this is huge um and the fact that again right they're putting in like you said systems that are modular and dynamic i think is fantastic it's just there's a lot of upfront thinking here um in ways to put in I don't want to say realism isn't the word, but yeah. like some like some level of strategy into even something as straightforward as transporting goods, right? I mean, I don't think when we started thinking about caravans like very early on in the development process, we were thinking about having any type of road tech or having any impact. We weren't expecting something like that. Uh, and this was pretty impressive. It's yeah. one of the things that I was like really excited to hear about um the fact that they've already got like working prototypes here for this this particular system i mean it's it's really really good again and it doesn't feel like i know there's a lot of great tech in other mmos that have not yet been released that continue they continue to build on like different types of tech as they see fit but this just feels like a good meaty thing to do that doesn't feel like it's outside of the realm of possibility now that they've showcased it to us because we'd heard about this in the past a little right that they you know there would be impact but being able to see it in action already in kind of a working prototype is a really really good mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty stoked about this it'd be a lot of domains of theorycraft in this game and you're seeing all the pieces come together which is really important you're seeing how they all tie into one another but you guys i think that's strikes into mind is basically if you have a metropolis node you have to think of the consequences that uh when destroying that metropolis node you're going to lose that oh yeah off. very true so people would either incline to get more alliances in so they don't destroy these metropolis nodes because according to Stephen, that is uh getting to a metropolis stage isn't going to be as easy as people think right. it's going to be yeah, so... true. Took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And a lot's at stake in a metropolis zone of influence as well. Um, true. I mean, think about that node. I mean, you lose that. I mean, there's two sides of this. Do you, I mean, in like real talk, if you want to explore all of the game's content, you don't want a metropolis lasting forever. Yes. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Boss. if you're heavily invested in that metropolis, you don't want it to go anywhere because you don't want to lose your shit. You don't want to lose your freehold. You don't want to lose, you know, your quick roads. You don't want to, you know, your safe havens along the way, the tavern that your homies might hang out at where, you know, if you're you're getting chased by some 
you know, griefers or something, you know, that if you run there, like you're going to have backup on oh, it's just random, random thought to tie that into some of our recent discussions. But, um, unless if you run, run away to a different node, then attack your own city that you've built. That's a different story. Attack your own city. That sounds like some murder bunny shit right there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Every time. It's probably something that will happen a lot, especially on a more guild level. Absolutely. It's, hey, we need to, we're now, we've, exhausted the content this metropolis offered us now it's time to move on mm. the only way to really move on is to destroy this metropolis so we can level something else up within the vicinity mm -hmm. the, the vassal system ensures that that level of progression is always happening and as you have guilds on the server rotating around the world coming in at different stages and leveling themselves up and accessing this content or being able to access this content now from a level and gear perspective right then this is a wheel that's going to constantly be pushing itself and has really just bought the developers all kinds of time to <laughs> build an expansion by the time people are actually like content starved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was funny because, you know, as we were, uh, and I, and I completely agree. I'm, I'm actually, I actually really have been enjoying these tech videos that they've been including like last one was like, you know, talking about the changes in FPS and the frame rate, uh, you know, increase because of some of the changes and, you know, showing like siege uh, mechanics and like, you know, the different meshes on the characters and all this stuff. I mean, it's really important because, you know, people, when you got people out there going, it's vaporware, like they say about games so easily, I, I know a very, um, you know, in, in a particular game, it's it's considered a, uh, you know, very respectable, uh, dedicated, you know, creator. And I'm not naming names, but you've got them uh, every time this game is mentioned, they go, it's vaporware. I think it's vaporware. And it's just like, dude, you're not like, really? Like, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, and why do I bring up a content creator? Because they have influence, Right. Voices have influence. That word of mouth is a very, very powerful thing, right? You got enough people talking about it and that information spreads. And so many people take information at face value. The way it is, you know, interpreted by one person, the next changes that information as well, oftentimes. And so, you know, it's important because when you got people that are out there going, you know, popular MMORPG streamers or content creators or whatever, or podcasters or whatever, and they're creating content. They're constantly talking about Ash as being vaporware. It's important because the individuals who go and look for whatever reason they decide to look, if they check out one live stream and they got a piece like this in here, it's evidence that supports that these systems are possible. They have a way to showcase that information, right? Isn't just, Talk, you're not just talking about it. You're not just saying, yeah, this exists. Well, back to nonverba, deeds not words, show us. And this is this is the evidence, right? Along with all of the renders, art. They're hitting on all the different, the different important uh, you know, pieces, in my opinion. So I think this is very important. And it's interesting because some of us really like seeing this stuff. It gives us a better understanding of how to explain this to uh, you know, people that you know are in the community or you know, with our friends or whatever they ask about the game and all the different pillars. Speaking of uh, things, I think it's time to get on to what we're probably all ready to talk about now. Why don't we go ahead and start off with not the first one shown, but the one that we've seen a good a, a good bit around. We'll go ahead and ease into our stuff and things by talking about the Dunier and showcasing that. First of all, 
we got a facelift. No pun intended or anything, but that's the Dunir Dwarf. Uh, they've they've been doing some work in that character creator, haven't they? Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. there's 100%. that. There's that armor half tilt's talking about, boy. That's some plate that won't quit right there. Stout, looking good. They are stepping it up, man. Uh, you you had complaints about the way that the the classic dwarf look was in alpha one they said it it's not really what you want to base your you know don't don't base it off of this this is a work in progress this well maybe maybe you can get some feedback now because it sounds like when we're talking do near this is a good good snapshot of what they're really going for gluteus maximus (laughs) (laughs) yeah stouty got back I like that stouty got back. Yeah, he's he's a little swell. He's a, a short guy. Uh, yeah, I probably he's he's that dude looks like he's lifted a few axes in his day, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm just gonna say this. This, is, this looks like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. <laughs> Only short. Like, <laughs> if he was, yeah, if he was a half pint, yeah. This dude's this dude is freaking ripped. <laughs> right I mean I yeah. don't care how tall I am if I see a dwarf looking at me like that with an axe in hand wearing that armor yeah I'm probably gonna be like that. that's probably gonna hurt yeah he skipped a few too many leg days I'm not gonna lie <laughs> a few too many leg days <laughs> Johnny Bravo's oh, mini me shit <laughs> yo it's freaking dope man Here's the thing. We got the female doors. I, I noticed the hair on, on her is not right where we we, we see like the, the Veiloon female model for the Veiloon. The female model of the Veiloon's got some pretty killer hair, right? Um, yeah, but I think part of that probably is uh, a few things. One, it's early development of the um, you know character creator, which it sounds like they're working on it. Sounds like they're also, FYI, everybody, they are aiming to show us a early iteration presentable character creator that's that they're hard at work on right now. Then and I'm, yeah. I'm disappointed. What? I thought you were going to mention Steven's uh, saying in the customization where you're able to like make the beard and the hair tied to the armpits hair. Well, I, I hadn't got there yet, bra- Yeah, braiding the armpit hair and having slots in the armor so it could come out and dangle in the wind. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes that, that I was an interesting topics. conversation, mm-hmm. and yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes phase. I, I hope that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and and sometimes phase. I avoid topics for a reason, right? Want to know whose so mind's you, in the gutter? You, 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 can, you can't avoid yeah. such a topic. <laughs> I, I mean, I you know, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I know what you're thinking about Faisal. You're thinking about lady dwarf armpit hair and braids. That's what you're thinking about. I was thinking about how awesome the character creator is going to look. You're thinking armpit braids. Were you thinking about the lower back hair braids too? Like a tail? Hop along, hop. When someone throws a comment like that, you can just ignore it. It's fair. (laughs) He was talking about braided. (laughs) Look, he he was talking about body hair for the female dwarves. I I don't actually like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, 
I wouldn't be into that, but you know, to each their own. It's good yeah. to have that level of customization. He said that he wants there to be you know, one of the highest level of customization for characters that's out there. I mean, if if it's an option for people to create, you really can't complain because you don't have to take it. If you don't like it, then you don't put it on your character. It's as simple as that. But maybe mm. somebody else likes it. So th- th- it, it's a no loss scenario, really. What about nose hair? Okay. Can you braid it? Can you imagine two braided coming out over his mustache, the dwarf <laughs> clasps on it right below? It's like. I mean, that's kind of you, you don't even realize, but it's not actually a mustache. It's just the nose hair that comes down and parts over their mouth. Braid it into like the, just the wax it down. You know what I want to see? I want to see someone braid their nose hair into their mustache hair, braid that along the lip down to the corners, and then braid that right on through the beard and have two nice chunky braids coming right down on either side of the, the chin on the jaw there. <laughs> Get um, at me. I want to see it. Faisal, the murder bunny, demands it. Yes, I demand it. <laughs> I'm just advocating for said murder bunny weird braiding option preferences. Okay? Cool. Awesome. It's not It's not a preference. When, when, when there's an option, I better see it in games. <laughs> hey, do you know what game recently I looked at that had a really good character creator was? It was Elden Ring. Like to the level of like you could create characters that are like arc level of like weird, you know, really weird shaped faces and body contortions and things of that nature. Like, you know, I mean, sure, it's really strange. It's weird. But I mean, when you allow people to create whatever they want, you have that level of flexibility. Whether you like some of the weird models that get created or not, you can't you got to admit you're allowing for a lot of opportunity for people to really play in a way that they want to to immerse themselves as they want to some people want to be you know gross little goblin-esque characters that look funky and strange and that's their i mean if you can provide that and it's an opportunity for people to play that way i don't see any bad in it so nothing but good yeah so it's really cool man and and i gotta say look i'm just gonna i'm just right on this daggum dunier right there like Damn, that armor is freaking. Can we, can I talk real quick about those damn boots? I don't want to get kicked with one of those boots, man. That'll kill a person. Look at them things. Oh, yeah. Those look like talons or something. To be fair, you'd be lucky to get kicked above <laughs> the ankles because it's a dwarf and I don't think they're lifting their leg that high in that armor. Going for the yeah, knees. Yeah, but your bro. ankles will be destroyed. You'll be like, you got some stumps going on after somebody does that to you, man. Come on. Just just a flesh wound. Man. It's impressive. That's the kind of armor you can Jeez. climb mountains with, so it's very denier. God, man! Like this like, is. I'm yeah. excited to see that kind of armor modeled on the other races. Though. Yes. Like, picture that armor on a Renkai. Oh man! And Ooh. just damn, because it, it'll like the style of the armor will change a little bit. Not just the size of it, but the actual style, because that's very near tech. Looking at it, put it on something else, and yeah, it's going to be crazy. Oh man, I'm so ex- the near architecture style and like I absolutely love the dunier architecture style armor styling like their their housing style all the props all the assets i've seen it's just so good it's so good man it feels 
as true to a dwarf as it freaking gets, man. It really genuinely mm-hmm. does. Which is a good segue into the other dwarfs that were shared. Ready for this one, everybody? All right. Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Whoa, homies. Hello. Oh, that's a big ass difference. Mm-hmm. First of all, not a big ass on this guy. He's 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 cut up. He's still pretty pretty well built and everything, but like this is a Nikwa. 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 However the hell you want to say it, because people like try to correct me and I'm like, come on, man. Give me a break. Tomato tomato. I, yeah. I love the references to LOL Tyler one. Oh my God. <laughs> Steven had no idea. And I was like, this is great, man. Talk about Asmon bold, bald or whatever, Asmongold or whatever, as much as you want. Say as much about Tyler one and stuff as you want to, because anybody who follows or likes that person is going to sit on the stream, is going to bring it up. And if they catch wind of it, it's good. You want people talking about your game. True. But it's still funny that he didn't know about two started one. I don't, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny. But thoughts about these dwarves? I mean, people are there's some criticisms out there, right? Uh, they made some references to halflings. Some people were talking about gnomes. Now we knew the the Nickwall dwarves, right? They they do not, you know, adhere to the old the old traditions of the Dunes and Kel dwarves, right? So. We know that they're more on the coast. They're more of the fishermen. We, we've seen that. We know that about them. But this is a really good snapshot of, of what to expect. This one actually, um, you know, I feel like the doors we saw during Alpha 1 were between these two. I almost kind of wondered, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like the Dunier are more stout than that. And it seems like these are, like, less than that. Like, they're on two ends of the spectrum almost. Um, obviously, character graders are going to give you a lot more flexibility. But, gentlemen, thoughts on the... On the, these dwarves, honestly, well, just put the Jama- uh, Jamaican accent on them. They're just gonna be perfect. Be <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think this has a very Polynesian vibe, which I think is is awesome. And yeah. I know there's some hate out there, like about this. I mean, everybody has the right to their opinion, even if they're wrong, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I personally like the fact that they're so different from your traditional dwarves because the one thing that really drew me to the game initially as i read through the different types of races was the variety and then learning more about what kind of influences um are driving each of the races as well it made me even more interested so i personally i would have not been happy if we just got like a reskin version of the Dunier here. Yeah, like I, a thinner, less toned Dunier, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, because you just have to look at you know, and, and I kind of go here because I'm very much like I enjoy story, I enjoy lore, things need to make sense in the universe, right? And this Absolutely. makes sense. Because yeah. if you look at the background of what the Denier are versus, mm-hmm. you know, the Nikwa, yep. right? You've got two different types of, like, cultures and lifestyles. So you're obviously going to have a different type of physique. Um, so personally, I think this is great. I think, you know, bravo to the team on the level of detail that they have here and the thinking behind it. Um, and, you know, I... I 
I just like I said I just don't personally don't get the hate here because if they all, if you just had a very homogenous looking character design across the board, it would be boring. And yeah. who doesn't want variety in a character creator? You oh, know, yeah. raise their hand. Nobody said that ever. No. Right? They always want more than to be able. I mean, me personally, I will spend hours or days creating different characters. So this to me was was a really like cool reveal, unexpected, um, but good, uh, I think. And I love the updates to the uh, Denier as well, because now I really see the difference. And and I know we'll get to it later, but it's kind of that same comment I have with the Vec versus the Renkai too. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wish in the show uh, in in the live stream they would have put like a Nukuin uh, skin on it. So they would just have that cultural oh, representation, yeah. or cool. like how, what what they built around it would look like. Um, like if you could just go on to imagination, it just like it goes wild. Yeah, like you can you can just imagine uh, a, a skirt of leaves and and uh, a wooden shield and a club. I can imagine mm. that on it, and it would look yeah. amazing. You know, real talk. I'm glad this one looks like halfling slash gnomish. You know why? For multiple reasons, but more importantly, I absolutely can create my character punt this now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not punting that denier. No, this you can punt. So this is beautiful. I actually got my punt this character. Boom. 100%. I don't know, man. This reminds me of like one of those like ancient Hawaiian warriors, man. You might like, you know, you might try to punt him and you might get a spear in the in the dome, my friend. Yeah. So you never know. That's the point, <laughs> though, right? I entice people to come punt this, right? Then That's get him with true. some That's and true. then they then they find out they get thrown a beat and they weren't expected. So there you go. I, I I'm actually super excited because I look. Uh, not to sound fanboy or white knighty or whatever, but I mean, I, I thoroughly genuinely mean this, not because I just like ashes, but because I, I freaking, they couldn't have, they couldn't be doing a better job of separating the sub races. In my opinion, they're adhering to the cultural outlines. You go to the HQ, go to the HQ, go to ashes HQ, read over the blurbs. I got there, right? Read over that. Like everything from those single words, stoic, tradition, family, all these different things you see for the different races, right? When it is written on them, I see those elements of their culture outlined in things like their expression and the way that their body's built, like in the armor types that you see, like so far, so good. Like, and, and it's one thing if we're talking about like the divine races before the fall, before they get, you know, they go through the gates, before they go to Sanctus, before thousands of years have passed and, you know, portions of the population for the one race have actually like separated and gone different ways. The Veiloon go a different way than mm-hmm. the Kalar, right? Mm-hmm. You know, once when the human race was not separated in that way in terms of the cultural components, you know, they they aligned more in a lot of different ways, but, you know, so I, I'm stoked, which is going to bring us to like the next one. I, I'm ready to get to this so bad right now. Can, can, can I just say, oh. I, I, I love I love this Nikwa. Yes. It looks amazing. Absolutely. Yes. I absolutely refuse to call it a dwarf without a beard, though. You cannot grow beards. You're another <laughs> Call them gnomes. Call them halflings. Yeah. My beef lies with the naming True. convention. 
not the character model. I love yeah. the character <laughs> model, and I love that it's completely different right. from the Denier. I yep. think that is – I echo everything you guys have said about that. Absolutely. But – I refuse to call it a dwarf. You know, you know, dwarves, dwarves are going to be possible. Have beards. You know that they're going to have beards, right? You know it. But I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have an option for that. Right? What if, kind if, of beards? If their racial stance, like if part of their culture tradition is to like wax off all of your facial oh. hair. Okay, fine. It, it My beef lies with the fact that you, from everything we understand right now, you can't grow it. Oh, God. And if you can't grow it, you're, to me, you're not a dwarf. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's just too much salt air weird. in your veins or what. But salt if you can't grow it, you know, then, then that's not a dwarf. If you want to <laughs> wax it, you want to sugar it for because you're a little bit more of a, you know, delicate dwarf, then that's yeah. fine. They but, exfoliate their skin a lot, maybe with the... <laughs> totally. You know why they exfoliate their skin? Because their face is in the sand after they get punted. So, so, so the next episode is going to be called uh, you know, Beard or Riot, right? <laughs> now I'm never going to get to. Now I'm never going to get the damn character named Punthus because I brought it up here and people are going to know. Like we'll see uh, see that some more never gets this one. <laughs> how many name reservations do you get? You get one. <laughs> with, with, what are you going to gamble with, Smorg? I'm not or, saying what I'm, uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying shit about what name I'm using. It may not even be Samorg. Oh, definitely not your dark ninja looter character. What? Who said that there was for sure going to be one, though? I'm just saying. Who said there wasn't? Nobody. Yeah. I certainly never did. That doesn't mean anything, though. Anyway, moving on. You said any any other comments about the race stuff? No? Okay, cool. Uh, um, Like the. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, go on, go on. Uh, The last thing I want to say, like, I think. The Nakuan race are gonna be excellent shaman. Oh, in you. terms of team, like that. That's 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 where where I think they're going to excel at. Mm, shamanism, huh? Mm-hmm. Fishing. They gotta wear that mask to uh, to to replace the beard, man. <laughs> I am curious to see the. I mean, the beauty is, is like you know, and I want to say this too because real talk is like you're getting a snapshot of them, mostly for like physique and character modeling as a, you know, as a very general snapshot. It's not like this. It's not like the. You know, we we know we're getting an extensive character creator, which means you're gonna have a lot of variety, um, and you know, the ability to actually, you know. To what extent, we don't know. If it's going to be one of the, you know, most customizable out there, if they hit that marker, which, by the way, it's not new. Steven's wanted that for the very beginning. He wants that diversity. He wants enough of diversity in how you're able all to build your sliders. characters. All the sliders, yeah. So, Because this, this this guy right here, he's looking like gluteus minimus right now. <laughs> that That's borderline a bass. <laughs> bass. Backass. <laughs> Hey, what up there, bass boy? Okay, real real talk, though. You're going to have, the thing is, is you could pick one. You don't have to worry about them looking just like this. And I, I say this as we transition, because I think a really great example <laughs> of the kind joking. of diversity. That, that's Joe. <laughs> it's, it's a mini Joe Rogan, yo. That's some funny shit, because it actually kind of resonates. Okay. Well, you guys got got. This is actually the KLR. I'm saving the best for last. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
this is a rework of the Kalar. They've been working on the character modeling. Clearly, they've made some changes. I mean, to the way. I mean, most the biggest takeaway from all these these uh, you know T poses or whatever that we're seeing of the races is that they're they've clearly been working on you know tuning the body, like adding a lot more definition and detail and things of that nature. Um, obviously, it's all going to be subject to the sliders, right? Mm-hmm. But there's your there's your there's your Kalar. Nothing nothing crazy there. Um, so I'm not going to like let you look at this um, death stare, half almost nude human. Instead, we're going to go to the Valoon, which is their Kalar counterpart. I don't know. I yeah. don't know why. It kind of reminds me of Spider-Man. I don't know why. The face. Oh, yeah, though. I get that. I get that. Really? Because his skin's his superhero suit and he's wearing his underwear on the outside? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Uh, the Valen. They've done cosmetic, really good so. with the skin texturing, though. Yeah. On, yeah. on on their more of recent passes with things where they've gone into that level of detail, I think the Denier showcased it really, really well. And one of the yeah. other models that we'll see coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the skin is starting to look really detailed, and with the splotching in the hair and just all those tiny little details that really kind of make it look like a living being rather than just this polygonal character in a world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how much the UE5 update had to do with some of the levels of detail. Not to say that they haven't done yeah. like extremely well in this department, like, you know, for a long time. But I am wondering if that's maybe some of the drive to show these as they're refining them, as they just have a lot more, you know, power at their fingertips with UE5. Like just even like looking at this, like this armor mm-hmm. alone, this is fantastic. Like how the lighting hits it and everything, it just makes me think of the fact that they they went to UE five. I mean, this is gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I can't say enough about this. It's like I've never had a game where I've literally wanted to play every single race. This game, the more they show, the more I'm like, yeah, okay, I need to make a character that's this race versus mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, at least just to get in there and, and enjoy the character creator for that race and create yeah, something unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not fanboy. That's real talk. right? Yeah. There. I mean, it's just good. If you're doing if you're doing it right. I, look, I, I do MMORPG coverage like that's basically the my damn. That's what I do. Right. Between the podcast and the, everything else. And when you see so many, it, it's this nice to be on this podcast and to be able to talk about this game now that it's further through development. When I feel like I spend more days of the week talking about all the shit that people are doing wrong with games, because you know what I mean? Like it's just true. There's so many like horrible examples of what is happening. That's just dragging this genre into the dirt. Right. No, don't even have to go and name any names. But when, you know, when when I get to jump on this podcast and I get to talk about ashes, it's just a freaking breath of fresh air, man. It is back when this podcast started and this game was started in its development and started to become more up front and center with like the, you know, the MMORPG community. You know, it was sitting there running neck and neck with a bunch of other ones who were all kind of going through and they were showing their stuff off. And how many of those have just fallen into darkness or just right off the radar, you know, scams to be forgotten, whatever the case might be. And we had our criticisms back in the day about consistency and all these different things. And here we are. 
quite frankly, where like I hoped we would be one day with like consistency and like discussion and engagement with the community via the team, like transparency, like outlining that transparency through your development live streams, not having months where it was really quiet versus other months. Like now it's like, do we see more one month versus another? Is there more showcase versus another? Development's in a really good spot. And, um, you know, being able to see some of these things now, I mean, I remember back, I remember way back years ago, it was like, I can't wait to see years later, we're finally there. And it's such a good feeling to see what they're going for, because we didn't always know what the damn plan was for art style or, you know, character creation style, creature style, like what they were going for. I remember talks about like, I hope it's not too cartoonish or I hope it's not too, you know, this or to that or whatever it's not too much like this game or that game they're definitely doing something all their own um you know the differences between the sub races uh the the kalar and the valoon like we just saw is a great example of that an even better example of that is here we go friends you ready oh shit vec work if you didn't see it there it is homies Oh, that's that's not like the Renkai counterpart. We'll we'll show you in a little bit. There it is. Those are the Vec. Those are your star child, star children, the star child people that literally are up at the top of their towers and stuff over the years. They've, you know, I, these. I think shaman when I see these, but maybe not quite shaman. Maybe something else. But this. You know, people, the references I've seen since I did that Ashes talk on this was I've seen people, like you said uh, earlier, Daedalus, you made a comparison between like the Urukai, right? And the Orc and stuff, the differences in like Lord of the Rings universe. Other people on, um, you know, in different places I've posted this info, I've shared the same uh, sentiment. Also, uh, my first thought was like, yo, that totally vibes like the troll and wow a bit. Not exactly, clearly, although now I'm curious when we talk about how their their you know posture and, and everything might be. Um, but yeah, someone else uh, made a reference to Avatar, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think of that. That's a good mm -hmm. reference, yeah, too. Yeah, that's very good. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I think right? Stephen talked a little bit about their posture and compared mm -hmm. to a Renkai, basically saying they expected like height-wise it would come up to about the pecs, the chest level of, of a Renkai, but be a little bit more in, in the arched back, right. not necessarily up straight up standing True. and muscular, but a little bit more dainty, like maybe what we did see with the trolls. Mm -hmm. um, I, a big one that really stood out to me is I think – I don't remember. This was a while ago on the podcast when they first uh, spoke about the Vec and yep. stating that they were going to be a little bit more goblin-esque goblin of an orc. Yep. And I think it was Faisal. You sh you immediately thought of the orc in the Lord of the Rings or something. Yes. And, and we're sharing the pictures. Yep. And I I could see a similar resemblance to that as at least Man. a sort of inspiration True. Um, in, in these designs, especially with the skin texture and tone and everything. Yeah. Still getting them top knot vibes, aren't you? Still get <laughs> sure. still getting some similar vibes to their you know Renkai counterparts, which we'll look at in a little bit because we got a really beautiful treat there too. We got some nice 3D renders, uh, T poses we're gonna be looking at. And, and the one thing that I like here too is if you you know if you look at this like that you're showing right now versus mm -hmm. you know the male female combo that they showed, look at the level. I would expect 
you would be able to tweak your character in the character creator, right? Something that looks, you know, if you like it, you know, more humanoid, this actually, you know, looks great. Like the, like the cheekbones and like all that. And the, just the fact that the face is much more elongated, it just, and in the eyes, of course. Right. Um, I think this is, this is awesome that you have like this level of flexibility. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that I really like too um, here was if I recall correctly, there was a lot of like Mayan, like Aztec influence in the design of this. You can totally see that. Mm-hmm. You can totally see that just in the, like in the jewelry, in, you know, in the, like even the hair, right? I think that's mm-hmm. kind of at least what, from what I've seen, right? It's a very kind of like native, like, you know, native American kind of vibe. And this one, especially, I would have to say, um, does, you know, make me think of the Avatar, uh, Navi race in, in Avatar. Absolutely. Definitely. And again, just a level of differentiation between even just the fact on what you can do, I would assume with the character creator, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I've got to read one comment off YouTube about this because I thought it was a really good summary of, of them adhering to what they noted about the VEC before. Said absolutely is from Brandon on on YouTube. Said absolutely hit the mark for me. It said they were going to take them from a Mesoamerica culture for the Vec, and they delivered the hair, tattoos, piercings. Looks like they evolved from being these bulky warriors to probably swift and agile woodland fighters of those of the Mayans or Aztec warriors. Boom, totally hits, man. You see it? I see it, man. Also, my chain of thought as well. Like it's very Aztec. Yep. slash mine yep. uh, culture like you can feel the designs were taking a lot of inspiration from them um what i really like about them is i assume you're able to customize the teeth as much as you want and the ears as well um because like more a lot of and mm-hmm. the eyes of course because all of them are very different and unique from one yes. another um oh yeah the eyes on that middle one too. I mean, it was almost like space alien, the red and the black sort of going on there and the ears are not up as much. They're more like straight to the side almost. It, it, it almost looked like an under realm living yeah. type fact. Now, I mean, I know they all come from Sanctus, so it's not, that's not where it's from, but it looked, it had that nocturnal look. Like you look at a deep True. sea, deep, sure. deep sea creature. It's got to look like that with the eyes and everything. Right. And yeah. I, I like the reference that they were talking Color. about in the live stream. Like, is, is this the stargazing vec, the one that can see better in the dark and mm-hmm. better capture that light? Maybe that's a thing. Right. Yeah, maybe. I, As a racial feature, I don't think it'll be indicative of your character creation choices, how your gameplay experience is. But it, it could be a racial thing that, that like, might be something there. I can, I can imagine a wizard uh, play, playing as the vec and... and they would just say like look into my eyes you shall see the future <laughs> and you would just look into those dark mm-hmm. big eyes amazing yeah it's just it's, geez, it, man. I, I don't get the same vibe from this particular portrait but from the other ones it almost looked like a little bit more of a high brow high society yeah. vibe to it like uh just it's it's the eyes i think more than anything the way they look like they're looking down their nose at you they think they're above you mm. type thing i 
it, it's just it was that one of those initial vibes I got. It's hard to explain it, I suppose, but yeah, it, they look like that intelligent kind of spiritual connected species and that's exciting it's just uh man they look so what was the height they talked about for the vec was it above a dwarf below what was it they what were they talking about with the the height do you remember oh the the they'll stand up to about the chest level of a renkai right so the the question then is is if the renkai are the tallest race which they are Mm-hmm. then how does that compare? You know what I mean? I kind of feel like it's probably going to be like then maybe Empyrean and then. But yeah, even, I was going to say that Empyrean next. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wondering that, but I, I kind of like that. Like, cause I know in like, I think one game specifically, uh, like sometimes elves are like, you know, same height as humans. Sometimes they're a lot taller. Elder Scrolls universe. They're a lot taller. I mean, they're like the tallest race. Um, so it's kind of cool to see like, you know, and even in like World of Warcraft, right? The, the orcs yeah. are not the tallest. They're like, they're they're actually kind of shorter compared to some of the other races. So it's cool to see like the orc, you know, specifically Renkai orcs that are the big, just sort of like they just are the tall powerhouses. Um, seeing them be so tall and sort of fitting that just big warrior sort of like archetype. So speaking of them... Here's the big difference, friends. It's a fucking big difference too between the Vec and the and the Renkai. Uh, so here we go. Are we ready to show them? Yep. Let's okay. Here we go. There we go, man. Yo. Oh my God. Number one. Those hands. Those forearms. That's some meat hooks right there. Those are. He swings some some big weapons, I think. Look at that, though. Damn, man. He, he reminds me of all those coked-out meathead monsters that were in the old Van Damme movies from the 80s. Like, just those monstrous guys that could take a million hits and not feel effect and just smack Nothing. you across the ring. And then, you know, because they're big, bumbly mm. meatheads, they end up hurting themselves and taking themselves out of the right. game and, yeah. you know. Plot armor, but still, yeah, exactly. But that's the vibe I get from these guys. Like, they're just the monster. Just these are the guys you put on the front line of your army, and they just go out there and just massacre everything in their path, and they're good at it. Yeah, we're gonna see some top knots on these homies, too. Remember the art? Oh, the comps. Yeah, I can't art. wait to see these mm-hmm. guys with the armor on that, like mm-hmm. the Renkai armor themed armor, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like that plate armor the denier was sporting earlier. I want to see it on one of these models just yeah. for comparison, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm. Especially when you put the Renkai architecture and cult- cultural styling yes. into that same armor piece and then scale it up to three times the size to fit on this monstrosity, it's going to look epic. <sighs> these orcs, man. Bad. It's it's also their own culture type of armor because they're supposed to have like one of the very high level military level uh, culture. So like seeing that is just gonna be even. I think it's going to be even beefier. My gosh, dude! I do want to see armor. I want to see some just plate armor on this guy. 
right? The big freaking mace, or not even a mace, like a yeah, just something, something, some kind of meat tenderizer, man. Just go. Well, I I see this dude dual wielding <laughs> two handed weapons. Man. Oh boy! Like, as a fighter class, yes. you're going to be running around with a battle axe in one hand ah, and a mace in the other, and you are just so. going to destroy. I hope so. And then you're going to have a Nikwa dwarf that's specced and classed <laughs> exactly the same, just using much smaller versions of the same weapons. <laughs> you're going to be like, what the hell is that thing? Stop <laughs> trying to tickle me. Oh, man, mm-hmm. dude. I can't wait to see the, the wannabe Death Knight orcs versus the wannabe Death Knight uh, <laughs> Nikwa. <laughs> it's all next to each other. All you're going to need on the Nikwa is a train emote. You know, you know, the screaming out, y'all ever do that? That's one of the things my brother did. My, my, my brother, uh, Shaw's back in the day when we played WoW together, he would, um, he would get on his, uh, his gnome death night and it's like, chicka, 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 woo, woo. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. woo, woo, chicka, 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 chicka. And you're like, oh my God, that's the most annoying emote sound I've ever heard. But I couldn't, you can't unhear it and you can just never hear it on anything else. This is true. Yeah, I, I remember back in the day, my my first gnome in WoW was a pinball. It was a gnome rogue. And his uh, <laughs> nickname, self, self-inflicted self nickname was Pain Train. And nice. so I made this macro that just yelled out Pain yeah. Train and did that train emote. I decided I would just <laughs> run around and be like, <laughs> I loved it. Had a whole different feel when you were the undead version of the gnome that right. versus uh but had that like yes. echo or whatever yeah 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 which was something else people brought up when we were looking at this uh post live stream too which was uh really curious about like the different you know voices we're gonna get for the races and you know some of that sort of stuff um yeah it's pretty pretty curious i uh, just don't give us a me not that kind of orc you know what i mean to these guys because we don't we don't need that I'm not gonna lie, Sim. You kind of, you kind of made me jump from my seat. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even dark sim either, right? Not that I'm saying that there is a dark sim, but if there was one, that wasn't even dark sim. So you're, you know, shudder to think what a dark sim would be like, don't you? Don't you? Murder bunny. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> you know, people are like, they're like seriously pushing me. They're like, come on, embrace the dark sim. You know, you want to do it, do it, dark sim. And I'm like, I'm Dude. like, fuck it. Maybe yes, I'll go goodness. rogue. Yes. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm still got to, I got to come back and tell you all this. Okay. I love Paladin. Don't get me wrong. But I have told myself I'm playing in Ashes what feels the funnest for me whatever whatever it is it may not be paladin i may not want to be all your true identity you're going to make an alt account so people wouldn't know let's be real here well like this you might as well just do it on your main account come on man you know what's funny is i've got there's a game i play where my at name my account name is at simorg and then my my alternate account is at not simorg it's kind of funny and paradoxical a little bit if you think about it Like I'm not, but I am, but I'm not, uh, but I'm not, I am. Yeah, it's fun. Oof. I'm curious. 
Like, I look at the skin texture on this dude, and mm. I don't know, is it a tattoo? Is it actually got a scaly type uh, yeah. representation That's of it? Is, well. Like, there, it, there's almost a reptilian vibe to the skin texture. Yeah, it's like a branding and, and, and is or that, something. Is that is what you're that, thinking? Maybe that's what it yeah. is. Maybe it's a, a warrior tattoo thing, but it could be hair. Maybe it looks it looks I mean, like scaly though. But it, it there's like there's like a patchy like sort of like uh, you know quilt sort of like patch quilt sort of like thing going on there where you see like the little blocks. It reminds yeah, me of scales. It looks like scales from here. It looks too smooth for it to be skin bumps or hair. Yeah, yeah, or hair. So, for it to be smooth, it's most probably going to be scales. Yeah, but it's some warrior branding stuff, maybe. Be um, curious. I'll be curious to see as we see more renders and get into the character creator model. <laughs> Someone get him some sugar scrub. <laughs> maybe as they blow up, they pour glass onto them to make them look shit. Man, <laughs> it's a massive could difference. Just be dirt. <laughs> I mean, you look at these Renkais and then you look at these Vec. It's like, shit. Those Vec, man, they are just. I, I do see more of like the Avatar sort of vibe to them now that people mention it, though. But then again, it, yeah, it really does have to do with what which ones we're talking about here, because if you, you know, shoot up, it's almost like this. These middle ones look like, yeah, like maybe maybe they're more in the dark. You know what I mean? Like. They're not really there's much paler skin. The eyes are like that. Then you get to these other ones and it's like that definitely gives me. Yeah. So, it, I mean, they're very, they're quite varied between them. So when people look at the Nikwa, when people look at the Dunir and they look at all these other races that we've been seeing so far, it's super important to keep in mind. You're looking at one, one, you know, uh, version out of that character creator. Of countless. Looking at the different Vex, it, like it really gives you the feel that in the character creator, you're going to be able to have a backstory built for your character and, and then kind of build that character to look like it came from that story, you know? Yeah, I like so it. Like, like, like it fits into a certain narrative for probably more prominent in the RP realm of the game, but having that ability was, is really cool. Yeah, this is definitely RP factor to 27.25. I'm not going to lie. It's like, again, you just have this so much differentiation mm -hmm. that you just don't see or you very rarely see in other games. Right? It's like, here, pick one of 10 faces and then there you go. I know. You're like, none yeah. of those work for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Or it's when like, you get okay, in there, I guess I'll do this. When you don't even have like a normal beard option, I'm like, that's basic. How do you not have like the most basic normal beard option or bald or whatever? You know what I mean? I'm just like some of the most basic normal looks that people have in the world. And you don't even have those. And you're like, dude, you're not giving me a whole lot to work with. And it happens all the time. Or a race doesn't have the option to have something at all. And I'm just like, dude. It's killing my immersion. It's like, yeah, but they aren't supposed to. I'm like, but okay, cool. But like also people throw on cosmetics all the time. Don't isolate some of these changes to only being because I bought a pack of cosmetics that allows me the beard option or, you know what I mean? Like some of that sort of stuff. You see it in games, Elder Scrolls Online or other ones like it, where it's like it's behind a paywall. It's like, dude, just it's 
this is like a appearance thing. Make it be like in the character creator. Um, so I'm going to hit on some other things while we kind of got this going, while we got some of the visuals still rolling, right? There was, there's a few other topics I definitely want to make sure we hit on here. Um, one, we did talk about earlier how Steven shared plans for the max level being 35 for alpha two. Keep in mind is subject to change. There's a lot of things that they've got to test on. Um, yeah, so there's that, uh, they've been working on network changes, which was another big takeaway, right? that this is supposed to help a lot with the performance. Uh, it's a large gain on their performance server side. Um, they talked about, they've been having a lot of meetings since Alpha 1. And some of those meetings had them discussing things like combat, class structure, uh, class progression, node development, economic influences of the nodes, um, Alpha 2 plans for the augmentation system. Um, they, you know, the team is very excited about essentially being able to debut uh, some of the planned combat changes. It sounds like they've, uh, at least based on the way Steven explained that at the time on the live stream, it sounds like perhaps, and this is just a bit of speculation based on what we said, but it sounds like maybe all of them are getting a bit of a, a rework. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, um, but it does sound like they're considering reworking things not completely from the ground up but with some you know we haven't seen the ranger for example since alpha zero and that's when i could see having a complete rework um whereas the mage perhaps from alpha one and they went through the work of like planning that out some of that worked really well maybe a partial rework um yeah um this one right here was specific to uh, us as players being able to reference visually in some capacity of what's going on. So Steven shared, in addition to weapon effects from enchantments, okay, you hear what I'm saying? Weapon effects from enchantments. So weapon effects exist from enchantments. Okay, cool. But... You could have other visual effects that could exist, such as crowd control effects, etc. So this is actually really cool because um, since they aren't going to be doing things like add-ons, since they're really against that, and since they've always had the philosophy that uh, from a development uh, perspective, you know, when you go in and you fight that raid boss, you're not relying on your damage meters, you're not relying on relying on, uh, relying on raid alerts or any of that. You're relying on Situational awareness, communication between team members, et cetera. This is especially important because if there aren't, you know, ways to see some of these other things, you want them to be either visibly there or seen somehow. For example, if I hover a character off on the horizon, all I see is a silhouette, but I hover them with my crosshairs, then maybe I see some of the buffs like heavy armor, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, if they're up close and they're fighting me and I'm not going to get to see you know, some of these crowd control effects or whatever, like if I can see some of that stuff on me or on them, that's really, really helpful for uh, the situational uh, awareness component too. So, but anyway, there's a few other topics. Any thoughts on those? I'm going to kind of rattle through the rest too. No, not for me. I mean, okay. Well, most of these topics are basically like, you have to see in order to comment, really. Yeah, true. Here's but, one. Uh, 
Here's one you don't have to see the comment on. What did you all think about the discussion of smaller scale instancing happening at the same time a larger siege, for example, was happening? You guys catch that? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Did anybody else get a, hey, let's have a mini capture the flag battleground in the middle of a siege to determine strengths and weaknesses? Yes. I don't know that I'm a fan of this, but mm -hmm. I think I understand like from maybe a, like breaking up the Zerg. Yeah. So I kind of, I understand the thought process behind right. it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I would have to say it just depends on like what, how much those instance mm. battles could turn the tide. I guess that Absolutely. would be where I would think testing would need to be kind of pretty big. Uh, I mean, it would definitely make things more like interesting and complex if you had to say, okay, now we need to strategize and mm -hmm. okay, this is the type of encounter we're getting. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer that it would be maybe more random and what you have to do in these instance battles, but I don't know how much control or what they're thinking of here to do that mm -hmm. if it's something simple like a capture the flag right you're going to potentially have worked out a comp right if you know it ahead of time if you don't know what you don't know it does make it a little more challenging too um but yeah it's uh definitely i i'm on the fence on this because i i would like to definitely see those really large-scale battles and they're continuing yeah. to push the tech to make it really large scale uh I don't know whether how like how much these instance areas will move the needle. Yeah. Definitely one we can see. Yeah. Don't just think of it as capture the flags. Think of it as yeah. other game modes as well. Control points. Like, yeah. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be also convoys as could well. Be. Like, I'll stop, mm -hmm. stop these convoys so yep. the like the defenses would get weaker. Delivering resources that. maybe to repair walls or something like that. Yeah, I totally get that right. too. Yeah. yeah. Um like there's also like you can think of a lot of game modes Absolutely. being done that way. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think it would be cool but it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be concrete stone like it should be optional to do these things. Right. You know what I mean? So mm. um I don't know how they would initiate it though. Like I think or how they would implement it in the game system. But I think there would be cool ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky because you're talking about instanced scenarios. So if it's like, I think this is the thing that people are like, ah, you're going to mix instancing and open world. I mean, I mean, instancing, you're, you're basically going to be signing up for these things, right? Like, so uh, I think I kind of also want to like get an idea of like what their framework for instancing is going to be, how much of like the rest of the world potentially gets phased out for the greater, you know, to large be, scale combat be, versus the, the smaller scale stuff. To be very frank here, yeah. I don't get why people are so afraid of instances. I get that it's yeah. an open world, but at a certain point, it is, it's a, it is okay to have instances. Yeah. Like it becomes less of a load on the servers. Right. It's, uh, it would be be better to stabilize and right. all of these things. And they can happen what very naturally know. along with your normal gameplay, by the way, too, if it's done right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think what the majority of people wouldn't want from an instance is basically 
jumping from one area to the other in yeah. part of that world. Yeah. And since fast travel isn't going to be a thing, like there isn't going to be any like a lot of instances around the world. Yeah. And going from one city to the other, you're just going to load it. So what instances are there going to be? Um off-world instances or like if you have a certain area and you want to expand it or be more in detail sure there's nothing wrong with those things yeah it's an interesting concept because you know i understand that they want by not having instances and creating just everything being open world it creates this grandiose scale in world and environment that is all tied together and community based and community driven. Mm-hmm. When you start to segment certain aspects into instances, then it starts to get that lobby feel. And, and maybe they're afraid of it being a slippery slope yeah. or they just like, they really want to avoid this lobby style where that wow kind of became and other yes. similar games kind of became where you just sit around town and wait for your cue to pop, which mm-hmm. is it's fair. I, I think most of us here can agree that yeah. that's one of the features we like about the prospect of ashes. Absolutely. When it talk about castle sieges, now we're looking at a, an event that you sign up for, you register, for, you queue for. Sorry, I'm going to do under quotes because I like under. Right. You queue for it, um, but at the same time, what can people who aren't registered for that siege battle? have an impact on that battle going on as, as some, if I'm not registered, can I come up and kill somebody? Even if that means I'm going to get corrupted and, and flagged or, or whatever, can I still have an influence externally on that battle? If the answer is yes, then I, that works very much against instancing uh, that, that narrative. But yeah. if I can't, if I'm kind of blocked out from attacking somebody then maybe you can just instance the majority of that castle siege. The weird thing then becomes because it's open world, if that battle is happening, do you just put this magic bubble around the area where the bubble, the battle is happening so that you can't, you know, travel through it and perhaps interact with that castle Mm -hmm. somehow while something's going on behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden, after the, the instance ends and now the castle's on fire and destroyed because the siege was successful and destroyed it. And now like, so, so how do they, Woodchip uh, alluded to it. Yeah. How do you synchronize the instances and in real time? So even if you've got sub sub missions or battles going on behind the scenes, how do you initiate that? And then how do you tie it back into real time so that it syncs properly without something just mm-hmm. kind of snap your fingers happening. Like you just got frozen in time for 20 minutes and then unfrozen and boom, now there's change. That is super immersion breaking to me. So True. for me, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of testing required and that'll be the biggest telltale of how successful something like this can be. But I, as standing on it from it, looking at the, uh, from the outside in, I'm thinking you either instance the whole damn thing and lock the area out so people can't travel and you just have this barrier that you cannot travel past while the battle's happening uh, as an outside player or you can't do that. And if that means that maybe you can't have 500 versus 500 and it has to be 250 versus 250 so that you can optimize it properly, then so be it. I would rather have a smaller scale battle that is seamless with everything going on than a large scale battle that just happens behind the scenes and all of a sudden disrupts the whole world. 
But to me, the biggest factor is going to be, do you want to allow outside influence to happen? Because you could have a whole guild of 300 people come in that's not registered for the siege and just come in there and try to lay waste to the to the defenders mm-hmm. as well or the attackers, depending which side you recruit them for. And it's like, you know what? We don't care if we go corrupt in, in the process. They're going to pay us handsomely to do it. And we could just throw on some crap gear and go in there and just cause mayhem because sheer numbers, we're going to overrun them. That could be a huge Zerg battle mentality. Now, grouping that many players up, as you said, without fast travel is going to be an issue. But these are some of the bigger factors that come into my mind when we talk about how this castle siege is going to play out in an actual live server. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point because ultimately you, you got to figure out how people are going to want to game the system, right? I mean, it's a harsh reality yeah. that you know there are going to be players that want to circumvent some of these controls around Zergs. And I like I'm of the firm belief as well, like instancing does tend mm-hmm. to kill the social aspect of a game, right? Um, you're not necessarily like showing up in places where people are because you're just you know porting from a town or you know if you want to go to a dungeon you're just going to have your dungeon group you're not going to interact with anyone else if it's if it's an instant dungeon versus open world and that's why i'm like i i think you know we've all said it this we really need to test this uh personally i mean i don't again i i have concerns that it's not going to move the needle much there may be other potential ways you can address the Zerg component. Perhaps, you know, there's maybe some sliding scale depending on how you know much you've upgraded the fortifications to say, okay, if, if there's 300 people sitting out of the front gates, okay, now you have that same requisite, you know, strength on your door. So you might need to spend maybe just as long as a group of 15 or a hundred or what have you. Right. So um, I, I think there's, there's ways you can do it to level the playing field without it necessarily going to the instance route. But, um, but again, I mean, I, I think this is more like a network stability play than as much as, you know, managing Zergs because while Zergs, you know, have a, you know, a certain level of, you know, it's a strategy to like win battles, like, and, and can be effective. I think there's also the, um, the thinking around if we have so many people like at a certain point in this open world, you know, what does that mean for the overall like quality of, you know, the gameplay that people in that area are going to have? I absolutely so, think that's the biggest driver behind this concept oh, yeah. of thought process at the moment is per, is performance mm. overall yeah. i mean mm. ultimately to breach a castle you have to get through certain choke points and with player collision being a thing mm. numbers only matter so much and that's in a more open environment as soon as you have to funnel people through choke points you're now very much limiting that flow and AO- as we saw in alpha one aoes are going to dominate those choke points both <laughs> aoe heals and aoe damage are going to just it's going to be chaos so you know that that alone that structural defensive fortifications alone can really help to limit the effectiveness of a zerg when it comes to breaching and your defensive strategy then becomes stay behind the walls and force them to funnel themselves through and as they trickle through you pick them off Mm -hmm. um 
which may lead to, you know, the Zerg actually being behind the castle wall and being defensive rather than offensive. Yeah. And and like to- it can go both ways. But I think the instancing, I could see it maybe for some like low levels being able to run and do some objective based mission. Like you, you just pass through this doorway and now you're in an instance area where you're kind of behind the scenes, whether it's in real time or not. And you basically get, can grab a control point by defeating a, a NPCs or something. And I, I don't know where basically if they use kind of a point system or an attrition system to whittle down opposing forces, like what they did in Alterac Valley after so many years that where, if you go in and do this instance objective, then you can deplete the enemy's forces by, X amount and, and the the same instances are available defensive and offensive value wise. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too is like destructibility. If you know, if you have only certain parts of a you know castle or kind of a node siege where you can you know destroy it, then you're going to definitely create ch- choke points. But if you have an ability at any point in the castle wall or what have you, like an ability to punch a hole in there that's going to make that um, definitely much more complex. Right. And, and you might be able to get around those choke point strategies. It just, again, it all absolutely testing. And, and I think we all have been talking about hoping that, you know, destructible castles and walls and fortifications are going to be a thing in the sieges just for that being able to I punch mean, past those choke points. We don't know yet for sure. <laughs> Because there's supposed no. to be a lot of siege engines, and we don't know what they do yet. <laughs> you only um, know what we know, and we don't know what we need to know, you know? Oh, well, we know. <laughs> you know, you know. Oh, man. Uh, the only thing the only thing that I did dislike in Half mm. 1 is basically uh, when the numbers weren't balanced. Like, you had a 200 man on one side, then you would have 50 on the other, and we would just, like, the 50 would get crushed easily. But if you actually had 200 versus 200, I actually forgot the numbers of the test. Was it 100 versus 100, uh, 100 too? Well, we did that, but I think he didn't. He cap it, like, was it 250 to 300 at one of them during the summer? He did, like, um, a two. It was either a 250 or a 300 v. 300 was one of the one of the actual scenarios but it wasn't the typical one i think we max were queuing for 100 v 100 during the summer but that was that was outside of the bigger test he was pushing for yeah so so when it was actually 100 versus 100 yeah it was balanced like people actually took their time to push forward i agree people were holding choke points people couldn't hold hold it if they were like strategically yeah on on like defeated not numbers yeah or technically numbers is a part I mean, of strategy but yeah, yeah. when it <laughs> you, was you yeah yeah <laughs> i totally agree yeah when it was like when the numbers were there it was yeah it was a pretty good fight you weren't you weren't bypassing anything relatively soon or quickly for that matter um even if you tried to run up the mountain and skirt over the castle walls and come in behind you still got caught i know people were doing that all the time i was like Ah oh, man, I'm just like I know you're. You're those people. When you see those people in testing, you know who they are. 
But yeah. hey, if, that's the point of testing is to yes. exploit those things. So yes. kudos yeah. to them for showcasing it and making Absolutely. it an issue. Because if they didn't, then it would be there in the live game. Exactly. Just potentially, like potentially. yes, just like like the person who was hacking the server and was stream like killing me on stream. I thought I was like, I was like, if you are really, if you're not a dev and you're whatever, then you can kill me. And then they killed me. It was just like, oh, the clips are out there from that. Yeah, they were. There were people that were being a little naughty. They were on the server running around invisible, killing people randomly mm. and like taking control and posting like server announcements. And this wasn't a test where they were working on those things. But those individuals doing that, whether they, you know, they were being malicious, right? The people that were doing it were being malicious. But, but to be fair, but it still showcased what they some of them were bugs, <laughs> but they were still showcasing issues that needed to be there. Um, and I feel like overall, lots of information was communicated, uh, both between Intrepid and the community who was testing and the testing community and Intrepid who needed that to, uh, to kind of like, you know, fix their stuff. There are a good number of questions here, but uh, out of respect for time, I think I think that Half Tilt has got to get back to work soon. And, uh, you know, um, I think Bunny's got to hop along to Betty Bye when they're in their cozy blankies. And I'm just uh, gonna sleep on my chair. I'm, <laughs> I'm already ready. <laughs> I was actually wondering when you're just gonna start doing the podcast from your bed. Right? I'll be like, I mean, if I go, like, my like, <laughs> we'll we'll like jump in one day and it'll be like, hey, we get on like no Faisal. It's not gonna. We're not doing that. <laughs> it's just gonna have his camera held on a selfie stick and a couple of USB extension cables. You're set to go, man. <laughs> we'll like start up the show. We'll start up our like video beforehand, and he'll be like, we'll like start up and all. See, it's just be like, <laughs> and I'll be like, nah, bro, man, I'm not trying to see that much of the chin, bro, underneath your. I don't want to see that much of your neck from this perspective. We need to angle it back up, get in the right place. Let's call it. There were a lot we'll of back really to the old days when Faisal's getting low again. It's time to right? end the show, you know. Um, look, we could hit on the Q and A. I'm gonna save it. We'll we'll actually be uh, this week. I'm gonna be doing a, a good bit more. Um, ashes live streams throughout the week anyway uh with wednesday being a uh, trivia day over economy oops spoiler i guess i told you what you need to do if you want to go over to ashes hq you can educate yourselves on the economy and regional market and all those things those elements and things similar to it will be there uh, i've got four no five five we have five now i think it's five yeah i think i have five total trivia uh that we've got that we play through um so i do some things give some senders away to the community which are used for giveaways things like that helps people in the ashes community educate themselves in a fun way where they're also competitive with their peers here on the stream so we'll be doing those regularly doing some ashes discussion stuff with you all and actually there are a good number of things in the q a we didn't even hit on we'll probably hit on some of that next week uh so i definitely encourage you to go over to Ashes HQ. Check out the most recent article. There it is again in uh, chat if you need it. It'll be on the video as well. Go take a look. Uh, Steven talked about things related to uh, the scrolls. He talked about, uh, someone talked about like, you know, naval content related to the Underrealm, uh, his interviews recently, stealth, um, a lot of different, different stuff hitting on like homestead freehold skins um group mounts uh, a lot of different things there's a lot of really good stuff in the q a but unfortunately for the sake of the show we're gonna have to save some of that for next week or during the week while we're all hanging out and chatting ashes friends so with that being said we'll definitely have another lively awesome conversation i'm sure next sunday and 
I believe Posh is going to join us next week. So we'll probably Ooh. still be piggybacking off of some of this stuff with him. I have a feeling he's probably going to nerd out a little bit, but um, we'll we'll get there. So if everybody here is here, we might have a five-person cast next week. So we'll see. We'll see if everybody's here. But if we are, it'll be another loaded show for y'all. So Ashes fam, you're the best. Gentlemen, why don't you go down the road, Dayless, Half Tilt, Faisal, shout out your domains and where people can find you when you're not on this podcast. All right. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. I can be reached on Twitter at half underscore tilt or on Discord at half tilt gamer. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Faisal108. And friends, just want to give a shout out to everybody once again who's been here with us all along the way to all the newcomers to the show. Remember, whether you're here, you've been here for years, whether you're here live, whether you catch us on YouTube or you listen to this on your drive to work in the car, no matter how you consume this podcast, when you're a part of it and you contribute and you listen, you're a Pathfinder. So keep that in mind, Ashes Pathfinders. Um, much love to all of you. To Intrepid Studios, and until next week, friends, live your best lives, walk in the light, have a great night. We'll see you next Sunday. Good night, everybody. Take, Take care, care everyone. Folks. Good night.